Hello, welcome to Right Act Reviews. This is part of the Right Act Podcast, the alternative music podcast, where we review an album. That's why we've called it that. My name's Stephen Hill. I'm here and I am joined as per by Renfrey Deadman. There he is with his hood up. Look at you. Hello. Like a hoodie. Yes, I have my hood up at the moment. I'm a little bit cold. It's really starting to turn, especially the last few days. So I'm just a tad cold. And if I turn the radiators on now, they'll clink and clank and that and it won't be very good for the recording so i just thought i'll just put the ear up i've got a heat pad behind me oh for my back more love my back you know it's more for my back which is a i've got twisty backs and a bad back as you get older those heat pads become just invaluable those heat pads mm. are fucking amazing the amount of times i've had to go to gigs with a bad back and the only thing that has saved me is having one of those heat pads on well, this, this is an electric heat it's almost like a little mini electric blanket Ooh. what i've got that sounds nice yeah pretty good we should get them to sponsor us that'd be good oh fucking love that i'd love those heat packs i'd just lie yeah. in a bath of heat packs just all over my face <laughs> you do well you could have a bath if you're gonna do that surely oh yeah that's a good a bathroom. still haven't a warm bath. no one's offered me their bath as of yet after my call out last friday um, I really could do with a bath. That is that much is obvious. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> anyway, well that's a banter out of the way. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be looking at heat packs. Are pretty good. No, we're going to be looking at Lana Del Rey, Blue Bannisters, the eighth studio album from the American singer-songwriter, the follow-up to Chemtrails over the Country Club, the album that she released earlier this year a record that you and i were very very positive about renfrey particularly you you i'm not saying this threatening i feel like i'm pointing my thing you <laughs> you like you you like this record or that record a lot don't you You really like that yeah i really responded incredibly well to that album it sort of um it sort of came at the same time as me i think getting into her properly i'd heard so much about norman fucking rockwell which was released in 2019 and it it got onto so many critics end of the year lists and all this sort of thing and i'd always heard lana del rey she was like the queen of the melancholy kind of thing and she always appealed to me so when i saw norman fucking rockwell and all those end of year critics lists i was like i probably should dive into her and just prior to chemtrails over the country club coming out i listened to norman fucking rockwell and thought it was amazing like actually amazing so i became if i'm totally truthful i only became a really big fan of hers probably earlier this year i've obviously been aware of her since her born to die days but i only really became a lana del rey fan and like i've bought the whole back catalogue listened to the whole back catalogue i really like a lot of it she is right up my street and it is fair to say I think, and it's probably worth saying at the beginning, at the top of this review, Lana Del Rey doesn't have to do much bar B Lana Del Rey for me to be happy. Right. Okay. Would you like the more... What is the word? I was going to say more reasoned view, but that doesn't seem fair because you're allowed to like something. But I guess the cooler... Uh, more lukewarm view on Lana Del Rey. Yeah, the less the but less I will bi like positively biased, I suppose, yeah. I thought that record was really good. And I've never really listened to Lana Del Rey. I've been aware of her. Um yeah, again, 
since she first sort of came along with Born to Die. And I heard a few songs that I didn't really like that much. And there's been a couple she... of singles which have been interesting choices, I have to say. Yeah, the, yeah. The, and I remember the, sort the of thinking... single from Norman Fucking Rockwell might be the worst song on it. If it's the one I'm thinking of, the summertime and the morning easy. Yeah, that's probably is that what it is. Something like that. Yeah, and and it's pr- summertime sadness. No, the summertime. no. All right. Um, something along those lines. But yeah, it's probably okay. my, probably my Clearly, least favorite song on that album. Neither of us know what it is, obviously. <laughs> I, but then I'm not claiming to be a massive Lion Del Rey fan. But anyway, it's, yeah, I'd heard it's songs called of Summertime hers, and the Living's Easy. That's what it's called, I think. Okay. He loves her, doesn't he? he absolutely loves her. Um, <laughs> Obsessed. Anyway, look, I, 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 um, yeah, I heard some singles of hers, and I was like, oh, I'm not really sure about this sort of thing. And really, I suppose. Around the period Lana Del Rey became massive, supernova massive, I wasn't really paying that much attention to that particular brand and style of music. Since then, with the likes of the Chelsea Wolves and the Emma Ruth Rundles, etc., etc., coming along, I have found myself kind of dipping back into a lot more of that stylistic stuff and really, really liking it. I thought there was a touch of that on Chemtrails Over the Country Club, which I thought was like, oh, how funny. You could probably imagine Lana Del Rey. What do you think, like, Louise Lemon is in Metal Hammer? Yeah. I was like, it's not a million miles away from that sort of thing. It isn't And really. I quite like that. Mm. It's not really, no. Mm. And, yeah, and I liked it a lot. Now, but it hasn't really made me... I haven't gone back to it that much, and it hasn't really made me go, oh, wow, I really must check out everything else that Lana Del Rey has done if i'm being perfectly honest over the last year but there have been a few of these albums that we have reviewed like the one that we're going to review now that have come along in the sort of let's call it the pandemic era hasn't there renfrey the Mm. kind of quick follow-up to a record with um similar styles and thematic things that surround it i mean the two examples that i've written down you might be able to give me a few more are folklore and evermore by taylor swift which both feel like kind of companion pieces to each other. Yeah. And I'd also say Trivium with What the Dead Men Say and In the Court of the Dragon, both, again, very stylistically similar records in a lot of ways. Mm. Hayley Williams uh, with both... out there as well. Hayley Williams did two records very yeah. close to each other. But yeah, there's been a fair yeah. few examples. There's been a few. There's been a few. With both the artists I've just mentioned, I think, and I would actually throw Hayley Williams in there with this as well, thinking about it is i think they released a great record and then went back and released actually no i wouldn't say that about Haley williams scratch that and then they went back and released an even stronger overall follow-up to the initial record it's almost like they sort of heard the first record and thought that could do with a tweaking that could do with a little bit of this this is no great stylistic change hmm. but we've sort of learnt a little bit from doing that record first time around and there's an acknowledgement that we are essentially doing a similar thing but we're just doing it to a slightly higher standard we've approved upon it a little bit i think broadly that's sort of what we've got here a stylistically similar record to the last one um i think actually like evermore is probably a better record overall than folklore but i think the best songs from the two are probably on folklore so that's sort of muddies the waters a little bit i think in the court of the dragon is definitely better than what the dead men say 
I'm not going to ask you for your opinion on that because you know. I think I probably would agree with that for what it's okay. worth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but I, I, those people probably aren't listening to that. The people that are going to get annoyed at you <laughs> probably aren't listening to this. <laughs> probably aren't listening to this review, are they? So it doesn't really matter. But um, I'm going to say straight away, this might be the first instance where I've gone. I think the initial album was stronger overall. Now, I'm going to not say that much because I know Lana Del Rey, she doesn't take criticism very well. Doesn't seem to take praise very well, if we're being perfectly honest. She's got angry at a fucking 9 out of 10 review that she got for Norman fucking Rockwell. So, you know, I'm loath to criticise her in case she hears it. But um, I think this this record is... I'm not going to have a lot to say about it, Mm. to be honest. Mm. I certainly think it's absolutely fine getting out of the way to begin with. For my money, this isn't up there with Chemtrails over the Country Club for a few reasons, which we'll probably get onto quite naturally as the review goes on. Uh, in the name of balance, there are there have been a fair few reviews which have said that this is the better record of the two, but um, I... I I don't think it quite is. I think a combination of some of the songs are new, and I do tend to think that the songs that have come from the newer sessions are better, but there's a little bit of a odds and sods vibe to it, just because there's like three songs which came from the Ultraviolence sessions, I think, and there's a song which was going to be released with Miles Kane uh, from The Last Shadow Puppets, and that they were going to do a collaboration album together, and then it got shelved, but that song is from those sessions. And I mean, Lana Del Rey's done this to a degree, you know, had songs just sitting on the shelf for a while and then going back to them maybe five years later and trying them again. But um, yeah, it's it's unfair to call it a sort of B-sides thing or anything like that. I think there's I think there's enough great material on here. There's like some fucking fantastic material on here, but certainly the the sameness of these two albums it's kind of interesting because i sort of agree with you that they are quite similar sounding but there's quite a few people who are saying that there's quite a lot of differences rather than go with jack antonoff the producer she went with on norman fucking rockwell and chemtrails over the country club who did you know some of the best material she's ever done with him she's gone to lots of different producers for this one and there's a little bit of that hip-hop influence there's very very fleeting uh which wasn't really to be found on those last two records at all um i have i didn't think i'd be writing cypress hill as <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but it, it's strange the lockdown album because i think in some cases you're right what you outlined at the beginning of this review that the second one has been better than the first it has often has often been the case i would say um but that i never sort of look forward to the second one as much because i kind of feel like i'm not used to getting so much material from one artist in such a short amount of time um and it feels a little alien to me and a little odd and i mean i suppose as someone who has to work to try and review all this stuff i'm kind of like man you released an album seven months ago come on give someone else a turn <laughs> you know mm. which is just a sort of frustration for me i suppose but it's very i mean it used to be the case didn't it in the 60s and the early 70s that yeah how quickly the first few black sabbath albums came out 
Led Zeppelin one and two in the same year. Yeah, but uh, there were there were a know. lot less bands then. Fuck That's true. me. That true. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. were a, a lot less. There were probably under a thousand, you know, in the like working in the UK certainly. Um, so yes, so a, a follow up coming so close can be sort of damned almost um, from from the beginning. Um, mm. But I've. Like all of Lana Del Rey's work, I've enjoyed this when I began listening to it. But the more I put into it, the more I liked it. And I found myself, whilst I don't like it as much as Chemtails Over the Country Club, that it, it's the amount that I do like on this record and the amount of quality that I think is really, really high more than justifies it being a record for me. Let's get to the obvious, and at this point, I guess pretty cliched criticism from the two of us Camp just over the country club is 45 minutes long just over this is 61 minutes long straight away does not need to be this long i do think it's too long i think that is i think it's that is long. i think that is one um criticism which is fairly obvious and um, this is 15 tracks rather than 11 tracks and like Camp Chills over the country club much of the sonics stay in a similar place it's quite sad melancholy music but uh it works for me with chemtrails because it's 45 minutes long and the quality is extraordinarily high throughout i think the quality is very high for a lot of this record but even adding you know adding a fifth extra 15 minutes on in that very um very you know melancholy sultry soulful uh sound style it, it, it's harder to keep your attention for an hour than 45 minutes with that kind of melancholy I think yeah particularly when you get to what I actually think there's a midpoint in the record where a couple of songs are really great really really great I mean I think well it's not even the middle it's fairly early on uh, in the record Black Bathing Suit into If You Lie Down With Me are both really really great songs but they have incredibly similar choruses mm and for me personally if you're going to stay in such a similar stylistic vein i mean ironically they both come after interlude the little cypress hill mm. style interlude but that is a minute and 20 seconds do you mm. know what i mean that's not we're not we're not in that place for long we've already been we've already had three songs of very low energy very quiet not bad like some really you know the opening to this record is really good the opening three songs and I, are great opening three songs are great and I would say it continues to be really great after that but I did notice myself that was the first time where I went these choruses are very similar mm. and mm. we've been here we've been stuck not stuck but we have remained sonically in the same area the same pace the same feel the same vibe the same sort of instrumentation with the exception of a one minute and 20 second interlude mm. for the entirety of this record. We're now on track six yeah. and we, uh, the chorus is almost cadence wise is almost identical to what just went before. And I don't think that that means that they're a bad, that, that, that makes it a bad song or those, you know, Oh, you know, if you lie down with me, it's actually, it's a really good song, but yeah. I couldn't believe how similar it was. And like, you know, desperately similar to to black bathing suit like 
it, it really, really was. I was like, this is the same chorus. It's a great chorus. The reason that I can tell that it's a similar chorus is because I was like, oh, it really lifts the song when it comes in. So it's weird that it's not really a criticism of that song, but it's certainly a criticism of just making your record sound as dynamic as possible. And I think Chemtrails Over the Country Club, like you rightly said, it may not be the broad you know it's not a bloody between the buried and me record we were no. talking about mastodon last week mm. and you know that's an incredibly broad record yeah. well, chemtrails stays in a similar place for the majority of chemtrails stays in a similar yeah. place but there it was never two songs back to back where you thought well, these almost sound mm. fucking identical to each other mm. whereas i don't know if it's just because she went into a different session and she recorded the song and and maybe didn't because you would think as an artist creating an album you would go well i'm going to keep those two songs away from each other yeah because they're really similar mm. like they're really really similar and i was just kind of surprised that someone like lana del rey you know she's not a vici or something where every or you know who did cotton eye joe rednecks mm. where you just go well every song every song is the same song over and over again it's not pop punk where you go well every yeah, single song yeah, yeah. on a newfound glory album sounds exactly the same I don't really understand how that kind of slipped through. And it was a kind of indicator to me that, you know, maybe shit's been rushed or maybe it's like, well, we have to have everything on here. Um, it's not necessarily bad. And like I said, the song's not necessarily bad, but quite surprising that someone of her talent of her caliber would allow those two songs, which are practically the same song next to each other this is someone who takes a very who clearly takes quite a long time painstakingly going over album sequencing and things like that as well um i really want to defend lana del rey with this but i actually can't find myself being able to do so you're right there are a few times on this album i don't think i don't think that's the only time either there's a couple of times where songs running songs are next to each other and i mean you could look at it one way in that like they're sort of brother and sister almost you know maybe that was intentional i have absolutely no idea identical um, twin brother and sister <laughs> well i'm 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 you know picking this out of my ass i haven't got a clue but um that might have been a justification for it i'm just trying to think along those lines but you know yeah i i i can't deny that there is a, a few songs that are put together on this record which are very very similar i think you're being harsh you know saying identical twins and all that sort of shit but very similar yes yes like yeah but well chorus wise i was like holy shit this is different words to the same chorus pretty much like it's the cade and the way it comes in i mean yeah it's not the identical same song but it was this it was specifically exactly the same trick a very low energy build into a quite a kind of dreamy breezy that goes into a really really catchy chorus and that's a good idea hmm. as a as a song and she pulls it off really well but i was like the fact that beautiful comes straight after it and you go well this is again the energy doesn't suddenly go whoosh up no. and it doesn't really go zoom down but it is a it is a different type of song I th despite that i think and i was like you could have put that there hmm. yeah well yeah that could have been an option. I think it's testament to Lana Del Rey, though, that even though the mood doesn't change all that much for the record, she does keep me invested and interested for as long as she does. You know, I think it's actually quite astonishing um, how I'm in the grip of what she's saying and I'm in the grip of her 
melodies and her her voice pretty much the entire time and this is a very very mellow record so to be able to do that over almost an hour like yes is this record too long yes but am i ever bored no not really i'm i'm never bored because i love being in this place i love being in this place where lana del rey singing to me basically um but i mean certainly i i mean certainly black bathing suit and if you lie down with me both have quite jazzy uh, elements to them as well I, I really love when she gets inventive and unusual but manages to do it in a way which still sounds very um easy to digest i suppose so black bathing suit has this mad jazz drumming over the second chorus particularly i think it comes in a little bit at the end of the first chorus, but the end of the second chorus and it's just like really jazzy and all over the place it doesn't seem to go with the song at all but it kind of does at the same time. It's, it sounds like a separate track, just gradually fading in and then fading out. And that's such an unusual thing to do. But it creates a really cool part, which I can't imagine many other artists thinking to do. And then similarly with If You Lie Down, uh, If You Lie Down With Me, at the end you've got that beautiful jazzy trumpet, um, which... Mm it's just really classy it sounds so cool it sounds like something from the 20s um it's sort of like pre-war kind of era it's just it's really really lovely and i love i do really enjoy the nostalgia that lana del rey has for some um picture you know picket white picket fence americana vision she's an old she's an old soul isn't she she's an old soul like yeah. like, Gre- like like Greta Van Fleet <laughs> oh, I'm, an old, I'm an old soul except you know Greta Van Fleet just are a complete terrible kind of a copy of Led Zeppelin she has I don't necess- she has don't, much don't think, more of her own identifiable voice yeah than I don't Greta Van Fleet think do. that Lana Del Rey is just a straight copy of no. anything no you know um I really, yeah, I think that, like, you know, you say it's too long, but you feel invested. I did find myself knackered by okay. probably, I mean, the thing is, is, weirdly, some of the material that I like the most is on the end of the record. You know, some of the stuff that I think is really, really, where I was like, oh, this is really good. Living Legend, I think, is fucking amazing. Living I was like, Legend is that one of my favourite songs. Is that a guitar? Is that a harmonica? And yeah. It's actually her voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of that start song... start thinking it's a, 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 a guitar and then you're like, oh no, it's a harmonica. And then you're like, oh, it's actually her voice. And that's an amazing thing to do. the voice harmonica. Again, really unusual, odd thing to do, but her vocals go into this, sort of, the microphone shifts into a sort of more radio tinny kind of sound. I'm sure there's a uh, word for it, but I don't know what it is. And then she does this sort of... And yeah, at first you're not sure if it's actually a harmonica or her voice. And it wasn't until she took a breath in to start again that I was like, oh fuck, that is actually her voice. And it sounds really cool, but to have the sort of idea to do that, it's just like, I think that's just really, really, really smart. Um, it's, It's really, really good songwriting and it's just making something just that little bit different and that little bit weird um but living legend is a fucking beautiful song i mean that's mm. lana del rey at her best pretty much yeah i i think that's great and it sounds really it sounds really analog it sounds like it 
actually has been ex- really does ex- excavate excavated yeah that's the word isn't it excavated from the vaults of some long forgotten you know 1950s soul pop star it's 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 really good i i think most of lana del rey's best songs sound like they haven't been written they've just been plucked out of the air which is an amazing compliment for a songwriter but i think when she's at her absolute best it's just like this song just feels like it always existed and she's just singing it and i think that is a extraordinary thing for an artist to pull off it's amazing it's it's something extraordinary for them to do it once in their career let alone multiple times Mm. having said that as i said at that point in the record i mean that really jolted me out of it because i think you got Thunder, which is amazing. Love Thunder. I think mm. Thunder's really, really good. That's track ten. Yeah. Track nine. Track nine is Dealer. That's the Miles Kane one. And when Miles Kane comes in, like I'm not a massive fan of Miles Kane or no, Last Shadow Puppets. I've got nothing either, really to, to, to to say about him positively or negatively. Really, he's just sort of there. And when he came, but when he came in, I was like that you've opened up a whole new dimension to this record, mm. which has yet to exist thus far. Yeah. We've got nine tracks in. We've essentially been in a similar sort of place. And it's not until Miles Kane comes in and you hear a different voice and you hear a different vibe and a different feeling and a different way of approaching this music that you... And that brings out something really different in Lana Del Rey. I mean, you know, I think it's a bit of a stretch to say that she goes full lingering note on on that song but she sounds very heartbroken and she sounds very upset and there there does appear to be a very strong emotional pull at the center of of that song and it makes it sound almost like david lynchian you know there's a twin peaksy blue velvety kind of feeling to that song which i thought was fucking great i really really like that song after that when it all goes away a few songs later i did find myself being like I kind of think we should, like for me I'm ready to tap out now mm. I'm ready to tap out of this feeling and it and I, I kept thinking back and I kept harking back to that song and thinking you need something else like that to come in now and Living Legend comes in and, and again it, it, I think just because it's so weird it really re-grabbed my attention and I think there's good I think there's good stuff at the end of the record but I was 11 12 tracks in I, I was ready to tap out at that point and particularly because you'd got you get a little taster of how broad and dynamic the record could have been mm, mm, mm. it's interesting you say that and i agree with absolutely everything you're saying in principle um the only thing is is um dealer is one of the few songs on this record which just doesn't work for me at all um having said that i sort of agree with you that the record would probably be well it would certainly be a lot less dynamic if dealer weren't on it and so i almost kind of give it a pass for making the record more dynamic in and of itself but i'm quite surprised that you're not into it what's the just just to kind of finish up on it or to to, well not start on it because i like it i i really like it and i was delighted to hear miles kane come in and just for the whole thing to just be different i was like this is and I do think it's good. Like I said, it's mm. got that Lynchian thing to it that I really like. I like Dina. I think it's one of the best songs. Annoyingly, it's really difficult to put my finger on it. It just doesn't quite work for me. And I was kind of hoping that I would grow into it. But pretty much every time it comes on, I feel like it's a bit of a slump. It's not something I would skip. But um, 
I don't know. It just sounds so different to everything else on the record. It is a little bit like when the interlude comes in track four. Uh, it's actually uh, Ennio Morricone sample, I believe, which has been, uh, you know, which some drums have been added to, basically. Um, and it's nice to break things up a little bit, but it also comes so out of nowhere and doesn't have anything to do with anything else on the album that it feels uh, it does it, that it doesn't feel cohesive in that sense everything else is cohesive on this record but dealer and the interlude i'm not sure if they do work but i also accept that if you took those two things off you'd have a very undynamic record and i'm not sure that's the solution either so it's a bit of a puzzle i was kind of hoping you wouldn't dig too much into why i didn't like dealer because it kind of exposes me just saying oh i just want her to sound like the same thing all the time just dour and sad which isn't what well, i'm that's saying fine. well well but, that, I mean, but that's, that's not what i'm saying because there's plenty of songs mm. that haven't been that that long down in the past that i've really really liked just so happens on this song uh just so happens on this album that the songs that i like is where she's being really dour and sad um which mm. is a lot of them to be fair so that's kind of okay it's quite a lot of them yeah there are a lot of them that is a lot 15 tracks to me just feels like you know when you get a death metal album you're like all right already you like yes. satan yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Same thing. I don't. I mean, yes, it is. I don't get as tired out by this kind of thing as I do with death metal. An hour of death. That's because it's 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 easier to listen to this, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You can put this on in the background and you can have a perfectly nice time. But it, it was frustrating for me because I put it on and I was like, "Great, new Lana Del Rey," and I think I'm becoming someone who is more interested in Lana Del Rey's music because that last album was really good, and I'm hopeful that this will be better because that's in the case of taylor swift and trivium what we've had so i i believe that we could have had a better record and i i don't see myself being able to sit through it again in one i was putting it on and i was like oh that's cool at the start and then it my attention just sort of wandered off and i was like no no i've got we're reviewing this we're reviewing this i have to pay attention so I try again and I get six, seven songs in. I was like, oh, no, no, you, you know, like we mentioned Black Bathing Suit and there are times when we review stuff on this podcast where I have written notes for the songs and I've gone, oh, this is a really good chorus on that. And I know, and I'm saying it because I've written it down. So I know that I believe that. But if you said to me, go on, sing that chorus then, there are some times with, I can't think of any bands off the top of my head where I would go, um, I'd have to put it on. Whereas as soon as, as we were talking about those two songs a minute ago, the chorus was in my head. Yeah. And I was like, I can tell you what that sounds like now. Do you know what I mean? I can actually tell you exactly what that sounds like. Um, That's something that I discovered with Lana Del Rey that I really love. I think her melodies are so powerful that actually, I'd say the first three, four times I listened through to a Lana Del Rey album, more often than not, nothing sticks. And then... Uh, I don't know, a day later, I'm doing the dishes or I'm having a shower and I'm there's a melody going round and round in my head and I'm like, what is that? And then I discover it's a La Del, Del Rey melody from this album and that kept happening multiple times and I found that throughout her discography, going back to her albums, that is something that happens. And it's a really lovely thing. It's really awesome when you like identify that melody and you go, oh, that's brilliant, provided it's not one of those melodies which is driving you insane which it never is in these, these cases. But I find that a lot with Lana Del Rey, a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, I did. And, and I was sort of thinking, oh, she's sort of lost me. And I suddenly go, oh, I'm on track 11. And I don't really remember what's happened for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I'd listen back and I'd go, oh, I know this song. So that, like you say, yes, that is skill. Mm. And that is mm. Mm. A, a good a good thing. Uh, but it's when you get right to the very end of the album where I, where I was like, like a toddler fidgeting through a church service or something. Do you know what I mean? I was really like, I, I'm ready for this to end now. I'm very much ready for this to end. And I don't think anything on, the, on it is bad. I just think it is often so subliminal and so slight and so consistent and so unwavering in its in its i don't mean dourness in oh it's boring but it is a sort of low energy dour kind of record yeah and i just found myself going i i think i'm i think i'm ready to sort of stand up and have a stretch at this point you know i think the second half of the record or the 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 last third of the record is probably more accurate i think the songs on there are actually quite good but i think there is actually i think yes it's been going on for too long and my album steadily my, my interest in the album steadily dips from about wildflower wildfire onwards which is track 11 there's a sudden leap for living legend and then it slowly gradually dips again it's not a hugely perceptible terrible dip and that leads me to believe that actually the quality of the material is still very good it's just yeah you've had a lot of it by them i think prior to them though i mean just to take a few i know you've taken a few songs individually but the album opens with textbook which is a really interesting understated way to start the record it's a song about falling for a man who resembles her father against the backdrop of an era of activism which is already like i'm like okay that's really intriguing there's a faint whiff of mad seasons wake up to this track with the main melody played on bass and i think it's some accompanying glockenspiel something like that but there's a very wake up mad season type vibe to this which is a very unique song i think and it's awesome i have no idea if that's a track that london is familiar with but i got that a lot from it and it features these really serene ghostly subtle ooze and very simple instrumental backing as lana sings of self-discovery and her first loves um she's got this chorus you've got a thunderbird my daddy had one too let's rewrite history i'll do this dance with you you know i'm not that girl girl you know i'll never be maybe just the way we're different could set me free and there we were screaming black lives matter in the crowd by the old man river and i saw you saw who i am god i wish i was with my father he could see us in all our splendor all the things i couldn't want for him i screamed for them i screamed for them mm. i mean there's so much to unpack in just one chorus there um that i scream for them line is just so beautifully delivered especially with the haunting vocals underneath it it's so ghostly it's almost like something zeal and arda would do on the more chain gangy bits of what they do and there's a lot going on in that chorus there's so much to unpack and i think that is a really cool thing the way that she can go between those different beats and those different things that she's discussing her father the activism her partner and do it so naturally and so seamlessly 
it's it's really incredible the storytelling on that track is just sublime i think it's absolutely mm. amazing um i think blue Banister's musically by the musically by the way i really you know it's um sort of dusty springfield mid-60s loush yeah. kind of pop and it, it does sound it's a really nice one and at that point i was like this sounds this sounds really good this sounds really sort of beautiful and full and analog sounding you know just really really good and blue banisters is yeah. I, I watched a video for, have you seen the video for blue banisters I haven't which actually. i think is one of the rare occasions in 2021 where you actually get uh, a song being improved upon by watching it alongside the video oh, because cool. it again all kind of grainy footage of her doing up a house and stuff and uh yeah it was just it was just it made it 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 really i wouldn't say it told the story of the song particularly but it gave the essence of what the song was was sort of captured with the video as well and the song itself again very very instantaneous just like, i mean arcadia was one where i was like is this going to be more of that but when that kind of arcadia chorus comes in you're like so so big it's like late, so lame so big without it's huge yeah but without trying to be big yeah. in any way yeah. whatsoever it's sort of just brain suckers you without really attempting to you know it's not bat out of hell or something like that it's not trying <laughs> far from it in fact i love the bit of sweet sort of patriotism on arcadia the way that it sort of suggests a patriotism with its sort of um yeah it's just about america um but it's you know she's saddened by the way that america is going and she's being like um she's being uh patriotic but in a sense where she's concerned and i think i think the way that the song gets that across even if the mu even if the lyrics weren't there i feel like the mood of the music would get that across really really well i think arcadia is like a brilliant a, a brilliant song it's a really really strong song i think yeah it's good it is are you going to say something about blue banisters sorry i just moved on but well you'd kind you kind of summed it. i just i think it's a great song and i like the way that she like uh you know the the story again the storytelling of the track and her friends that come round and paint her banisters from blue to gray or blue to green and uh i just think it's a really yeah it's a it's a it's a fantastic song mm. I mean, I, I, to be honest, you know, I, I'm looking at the track list in here and the first 10 track, or the first nine songs, because we've got the interlude, the first 10 songs on the record, I, I like all of them. Exactly. You know, I really do genuinely like all of them. And I think, you know, there's nothing past that that I think is fucking rubbish. I was just sort of done. And mm. every time I listened to it, I got further into it. I got mm. further and further mm. into it. But I've listened to this a lot. And it feels like it shouldn't be, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is I don't think a record like this should be, that sounds so nice, should feel like as much hard work as it often does when you get to the end of it. That is my sole criticism really of the record. And I think all that would need was maybe a little bit of rejigging on the track listing, maybe a little bit of very, very, very harsh cutting and turning this to a 12 track record. I think and this I would think have been a really beautiful 11 track 12 track record. I th I think I think there's enough this is the thing. I think there's enough good stuff on here to equal Chemtrails over the Country Club, but it isn't as good for me because it has that extra bit which brings it down a bit 
if I'm honest. But yeah. Yeah. Just down to totally down to fatigue, I reckon. Yeah. You know? But if this was an eleven track album like Chemtrails was, I and you know, chose the tracks that I wanted to have on it, for me mm-hmm. it would be as strong, I think. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I mean some of it is great. Mm. Some of it is really, really great. I just Most of it is great. Most of it is great. Yeah, it's it's weird how so little of the record is stuff that I'm like, oh, I can't even really remember it because I just felt like I was swallowed. And that ends up, until I've actually started talking about it now and thinking about it. Because I was sort of coming on here and I was going to go, oh, I don't know, man, it's sort of a bit long and I'm not really sure. But actually thinking about the songs as we sit here and I'm like, well, that one's quite good and that one's great. And, and then I looked at it and I was like, hold on a second. The first, I really like every song in the first 10. Yeah. So it is a good record. This is a good record. It's just, I don't think it's a great record. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I had a similar revelation about a week ago when I was I was kind of like, overall, I think it's good, but uh, it's not quite as good as Chemtrails. And I was going to be a little bit harsh on it. And then I sort of totted up. I was like, you know, does this song get a pass from me or not? And yeah, I found 10 or 11 of the 14 tracks were like, pass, absolutely. I want that on the record. Yes, 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 yes. And then I just found myself going, well, I do like, worst case scenario, I love two thirds of this record. It's just there's a third of it where the material is 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 either okay or probably surplus to requirements. Um nothing is ever bad you know the interlude isn't bad i think it's completely unnecessary but it's not bad i don't dislike it's it. one minute 16 yeah, you know yeah yeah um yeah so yeah but I, I i like this a lot i like this an awful lot and i think the songs on it that are good are really fucking good well worthy of her back catalogue um, I have absolutely no idea where I would place it in her back catalogue overall. It would probably be a middle ranking. It would probably be like number four or something like that. So I suppose I do have an idea. But I but you know, don't don't quote me on that. Don't hold me to that. I I don't have an idea, uh, to be perfectly honest. But all I do know is I like most of this, but fuck me, do I want to listen to Huey Lewis in the middle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, like why? Yeah, so much. You should do that. Huey Lewis. Well, I the will. Great. I do. I, I do. I'm uh, going to watch the Blue Bannisters video because I'm a miserable yeah, good. bastard. But yeah, I'm okay. Do that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. I think we both think it's pretty good. I've actually now I've sat down and thought about it because I hadn't really given tons of thought to the individual songs as we came into review this, and I was sort of thinking, oh, am I going to be? I'll just let Renfrey say he likes it. <laughs> Well, yeah, like broadly, th- th- this is a good record. I don't quite think it's as good as Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Yeah. And that's mainly due to, you know, the, 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 the problems that we have already spoken about. But when it's good, it's very, very good. Yeah. But you still like her more than I do yeah. overall. I, I mean, I, I still really like this record and I still will mm. be returning to it a fair amount. Mm. All right, good. Well, thanks very much for listening. You know which one of us to tweet if you've got a problem. Um, <laughs> uh, it's me, by the way. Um, you shouldn't have a problem because I, I do like this. We're going to be back later this week, I think, yep. with Mole. Yep. Chatting about Mole. Yep. Uh, they don't have any mental fans, as far as apart from Matt Mills. Um, <laughs> he's obsessed. 
and quite rightly so because that album is really good good. and we're going to be chatting about Emma Ruth Rundle at some point as well and we'll be available in your ears every Friday on Riot Act where we talk about all kinds of things I'm not going to tell you what we're doing this week because it's not really relevant but anyway thanks very much for listening we'll see you soon